0: Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show, our number two on this Wednesday. whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com, we appreciate you. I appreciate you making the conscious effort to lend your ears to this program. It's Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. I know you have a choice of where to get your sports information and entertainment and opinions from. We do appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show here weekdays from 7 to 9, and I'm glad to be doing it for you and happy to interact with you any way I can. You can always follow me on Twitter, at UAZ Voice. That's at UAZ Voice um, Or... I, th- I don't. I think we get the email thing figured out. I gotta send another email to management. Be like, hey, we got that email thing figured out. Because would love to talk to these people. Because we don't take we don't take phone calls on the show. That's just part of the deal here. But uh, would love to interact with you guys. Regardless, look, the the reactions have been great. People that I've met in the community, whether it be at Bear Down Fridays, people that I've talked to at different spots, uh, also seen people at the games. Have been uh, been very supportive, and I appreciate that, man. I like honestly, like from bottom of my heart, I really appreciate that. You guys have been great, and uh, it is so wonderful to be back on the air finally. So much to talk about during the last 16 months, and just sitting on my hands, looking at a microphone, collecting dust, driving me crazy. Let's talk some Arizona basketball. It's time, folks. It's September. <laughs> it's the football team's 0 3. It's time to talk basketball in Tucson, right? Look. The red-blue game is coming up October 2nd. And a little birdie told me that the ticket sales have not been so good. And I'm wondering why. This is the this is the crown jewel of Tucson, is Arizona basketball. I'm not understanding why a $7 ticket is keeping people from going to watch this beautiful showcase of Arizona's talent and these young men that have uh, worked so hard. And, you know, maybe it's because – there's a lot of players whose names you can't pronounce. Maybe it's because there's a brand new head coach in Tommy Lloyd and you're not sure who Tommy Lloyd is. Okay? I can tell you this. When over the last let's say the last 12 months, okay? let's let's do the last since the since the the season end of the 2019-2020 season ended, okay, for Arizona basketball. I would get asked all the time hey, when Sean Miller gets fired, who do you want as your head coach? I'm like, I'm not, not here to talk about that. Like, I'm, not, I'm not, not trying to hear that. Don't want to hear that. Don't think he's going to get fired. There's no reason to fire him. Board of Regents thought differently, and he's out of a job. But when I did succumb, when people did hold a gun to my head and said, who are you hiring? I said one name. I would tell them exactly one name. Tommy Lloyd. I had conversations with people over the last several years. I have a I have a friend who played for Gonzaga under Mark Few, played for Tommy Lloyd in Spokane at Gonzaga was a uh, was a bench player, but uh, nonetheless a player who got considerable time at Gonzaga in his time there. Has a very good relationship with Tommy Lloyd, and he and I would talk basketball whenever we got the opportunity. Had nothing but great things to say about Tommy and other people that I've talked to. I remember talking with Jeff Goodman a few years ago, and we talked about the best assistants in college basketball. We were just having just a random conversation. Just, you know, just like, hey, you know, some of the top assistants, who do you think? The first name out of his mouth was Tommy Lloyd. Because he runs the system there at Gonzaga. He's his best recruiter. He's starting to open up things internationally that are going to crack the NCAA as as much wide open as it has the NBA. Look out for what Tommy Lloyd is doing at Gonzaga. He and I had that conversation. He was listed, I think it was CBS Sports or one of the outlets, um, I think it was four years ago, named him the top assistant in college basketball. How he went under the radar to people is beyond me. But he's now the head coach at Arizona Basketball, the crown jewel of Tucson, Arizona, and the best damn basketball program in the state of Arizona, no doubt about it. And we're having trouble selling tickets to the exhibition game, the red-blue game? Come on, folks. The $7 tickets, come out and see the team. The red-blue game is a wonderful opportunity to meet these young players that you're going to be hearing names called on the radio, on the television, and here on the Jeff Dean Show for the next six months uh, of that we talk about Arizona sports, basketball, and, and the like. And you're going to hear these names called, some of them called, in NBA draft and on the NBA nights, things like that, all around the league in the years to come. So let's give an early outlook of the team, okay? We know that the head coach is brand new, Tommy Lloyd, brand new. Staff is is largely brand new. Jack Murphy makes his return as the associate head coach. Jack does a great job. Jack Murphy, also a phenomenal international recruiter. So with he and Tommy Lloyd uh, going 1-2, that is certainly going to help. Then they bring in Ricky Foy or Foy, I not exactly sure how it's pronounced, Uh, an international, I mean, a guru of international talent. So that gives you a third person looking at international talent. And then you bring in a guy with an incredible resume, a guy that I didn't think we had any chance of getting because of his deep ties to some of the biggest programs in the country, talking about Steve Robinson, who was Roy Williams' right-hand man for the last 21 years multiple national championships multiple final fours the guy he's seen it all so quite the staff has been a mess and i know that people are upset about jet leaving for the for the g league it was just a matter of time the, this this stop here was just a very quick stop much like joseph blair's was before they took head coaching jobs in the g league and then ascended to assistants in the nba and possibly future head coaching jobs in the nba as well so there's the coaching staff okay now let's talk about the players, the outlook of the players. Now, this is it's an interesting roster because, look, there's players from eight different countries on this roster. At the point guard position, your, your kind of depth chart there is going to be Kirk Kresa and Justin Keir. Now, Kerr obviously returning from last year. He's a sophomore from Estonia. We got a small sample of him last year. As he only played in, uh, in eight games last season. But I think some of the things that we saw, his tempo, his pace, his feel for the game, they're all right there. Like, it's, it's, a, um, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting watch to watch Kirk Kreisa. And I'm very interested to see how he has grown his game this offseason uh, because his position is going to be of the utmost importance. Justin Keir, the transfer from Georgia, he's a graduate senior from Georgia. Tons and tons of experience. Good to have a guy like that in your program. At the shooting guard position, the two guard position, you got Pella Larson, who is the transfer from Utah, the Swedish, the Swedish uh, sharpshooter. He's got a broken foot. Okay, we we announced that uh, you know month and a half ago, and um, he's going to be nursing that back to health. But the good thing is, is they got on it early. They were able to find the injury early. He got the surgery done, and there's a good chance that he's back before conference play begins. I don't know how much we'll see of him in the non-con, but there's a really, really good chance that he is back full 100% for conference play, which is huge. He's he's a remarkable shooter. I got a chance to see him up close and personal. Last year at Utah, he got a ton of minutes uh, at Utah last year. He can flat-out shoot. He's a 46% three-point shooter. He's an 89% free-throw shooter. He can shoot. Um, Shane Noel, who is you know, obviously the younger brother of the standout from Washington, okay? Now, Shane is, he you know, he came in here, there was some thought like, oh, maybe it's not, uh, you know, maybe it's not a good fit for him now that Sean Miller's leaving. But the one thing that I really appreciate and respect about Shane is that he stuck with this process as a freshman and said, you know what, I committed to Arizona. I want to play f- basketball at Arizona. And from what I've gathered from people that I've talked to at the program and inside the, the building at McHale Center, his attitude is like it's infectious, like how good his attitude is. He has got a uh, a great outlook for this season, and people love his demeanor and his attitude towards the game. So really, really excited about that. And then the other shooting guard, Adama Ball, uh, the uh, the kid from uh, from France, uh young freshman, uh, you know, Tall, lanky, you know, lengthy kind of player. Um, not a whole lot to talk about with him. I, you know, I haven't seen him up close or I haven't seen him play, but I've heard good things, and uh, we'll see what kind of minutes he gets this year. At the now, where Arizona is really strong is in the front court, which is ironic because it's been Arizona's back court over the last three and a half decades that have dominated uh, the landscape in Tucson, of course, and, and, you know this program. It's been the back, the back court, uh, but. Now the backcourt has some questions. Who's going to be the primary ball handler? How deep are they going to be? How good is the shooting in front of the backcourt going to be? Uh, when does Pella Larson get back? There's a lot of questions. The front court, the only questions are who's going to start and how many minutes can we get them? Because when you, look at, when you look at the team as a whole, all 12 players that are on the roster, they have combined to play almost 4,700 collegiate minutes last season for their respective teams, whomever they played for. This team, as a as a collective, the twelve players that are on this team already combined for forty seven hundred minutes last year in college. So it's a good, experienced team, and a lot of those players bringing back experience are in the front court. Ben Matherin, we all followed him in the off season at Team Canada. You know, not enough can be said about just how good of a player he is. He has become a really, really explosive scorer. Uh, in you know, in his in his time now that he has been you know, kind of gearing up uh, for this uh, for this season and in the offseason. Now, you know, when he left Arizona last year, he averaged eleven points a game, five rebounds per game, which is pretty good. He was one of the more underrated freshmen in the in the country last year. And in fact, if you look at, at Ken Palm's uh, rankings of the best freshmen in the country, when you look at him among other freshmen ranks, he ranks in the top ten in several categories, including overall offensive rating. He was the number six rated freshman in Ken Palm in in, in the country, in Ken Palm in uh, offensive rating. He was also uh, top 30 in effective field goal percentage. He was top 20 in free throw and three-point percentage. He was one of the top 20 freshmen in the entire country last year, and all he did was get better in the offseason and, playing for team, uh, team Canada as he was you know he was just fantastic for them obviously uh, as you know as well as they, they played uh, you know this, this offseason the, the uh, FIBA u team team um, they were highly dependent on Ben Matherin now explosive scoring he scored 31 against Oregon State last year, 24 against Washington State scored 22 against Colorado. We know what happens when he gets that thing going. Canada won the bronze medal. He was on that team uh, and he torched defenses, scored sixteen points a game in the tournament. Uh, and he may end up being Arizona's best player this season. Although there are some other guys on the team that are going to contend for that. One of them being his courtmate there at the three position, Dalen Terry, who really you know, I I got a chance to see Dalen. He's changed his he's changed his body during the offseason. You know, Dalen was a uh, a very freshman-looking pl- player. We'll put it that way. Uh, Dalen looked like a very young uh, high school player in you know in his first season at Arizona. He has matured physically this off season. Chris Rounds again working his magic, doing the uh, the best job in the in the entire country in getting players physically ready for the rigors of a coll- uh, collegiate basketball season and of course for the NBA. Uh, But just looking at him, he was—he looks different, just in person. He looks physically better, stronger. uh, You know, you know, more uh, going to have more endurance this season. You know, and it's interesting because at the end of last season, Sean was giving him a lot more minutes because Sean felt that that Dalen's growth, his maturity, had really blossomed in the second half of the conference season from beginning to end. He's one of the most notable changes on the team, as far as like maturity, not giving the ball away, command of the offense, and really just a a wanting to play defense and show out and lock his man down. I'm really happy with where Dalen Terry is right now. He showed some ball handling abilities, and he may get some ball handling abilities uh, and and responsibilities in Tommy Lloyd's offense, and we'll kind of see how that works. But uh, Dalen Terry, you know, a very very good basketball player, and I'm very happy to have him back this season. And then uh, Totalis Tabellus, the, uh, the the uh, the smaller of the two uh, Tabellus twins, he's also playing at the small forward position. Um, he'll get some minutes this year, and uh, we'll get to see him play. Now, uh, the power forward position, there's a couple of horses in there. One of them being Azulis Tabellus. Now, Azulis Tabellus, obviously the reigning Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, he was an absolute star for his home Lithuania, uh, for their FIBA U19 team. He was, <laughs> the dude was. He was everything for them. I mean, he was just spectacular. He averaged 12 points and 7 rebounds a game last year as a Pac-12 freshman. But when you look at a lot of the other metrics in his game, like according to Ken Palm, he was in the Pac-12s. He, he, okay, he finished in the top 20, okay, in these these categories. Now, this is a freshman in the Pac-12, okay, very talented league. Obviously, we saw what they did in the uh, in the tournament last year. Azulis Tabelas finished in the top 20. In minutes, percentage, percentage of possessions and shots, effective field goal rate, true shooting percentage, offensive and defensive rebound rates, block rate, fouls drawn rate, and two point percentage. <laughs> like, he, he's he's a he's a stat filling machine. And in Lithuania this year for the U uh, the U nineteen FIBA team, he averaged twenty nine minutes a game. In those twenty nine minutes, he averaged sixteen and a half points per game, nine rebounds, and three assists. And was an absolute nightmare for defenses because not only has he expanded his range in the shooting department, but he's also a force in the uh, in the transition game. He runs like he he runs like a gazelle. Uh, at six foot eleven. What is he 6'11", 240, something like that two two fifty? Sorry, two sorry sorry, Azulis. 6'11", 250. He's massive and he runs the court as well as anybody. Uh, he is a force to be reckoned with. He is going to be. Arizona's one of their most relied upon players this year on both ends of the floor. Then they bring in Kim Aiken, right? The transfer. We saw Kim Aiken play. And from, from everything that I've heard, everybody just loves having him on the team. He's just a great guy to have around. He's got tons of experience. He's a tough guy. He's teaching these, these young players about the experiences of playing kind of, you know, down low, mixing it up. Getting you know, getting dirty, getting edgy, and then they bring in you know they they obviously brought in Ryan Anderson uh, as an assistant on this team as well. He's going to teach these young players how to mix it up as well. I love having Kim Aiken on this team, even though he's not going to score 14 points a game uh, for this team. He is going to be a huge part of what Arizona does and how they prepare for games in the weeks leading up to to conference play and such. Then finally, the center position. I'm telling you, folks. <laughs> do not sleep on on Arizona's defensively defensive prowess at the center position this year. Christian Coloco is considered one of the best shot blockers in the entire country, not just in the Pac-10, he was our Pac-12. He was the uh, number 2 rated shot blocker in the Pac-12 last year behind a pretty good player from USC you might have heard of before. Uh, Christian Coloco, 7 foot 1. He looks like like a full man now. Like I saw Christian uh, like a few weeks ago, he looks like a man out there. Uh, he looks great and um you know Christian is going to have his he's 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 still learning how to play offense essentially how to be a a consistent offensive performer but with his size his leaping ability and his length he should be able to get plenty of dunks this year that'll drive the fans at McHale crazy so um I'm looking for another big year from Christian and just being a great rim protector is so big it's it's so vital for the teams that you play that are going to have rim runners uh, coming at you left and right. Uh, it's so important to have a guy like Christian Coloco. And then folks, if you have not seen Omar Ballo, now Omar Ballo followed Tommy Lloyd from Gonzaga. Omar was at Gonzaga for the last two seasons. He's a redshirt sophomore. Okay. He's a kid from Mali. He is a house. I, I like I don't think you understand how big this dude is. Okay? He's a legit seven feet tall. He's, you know, he's one of the two seven-footers on the team, he and Christian, both legit seven-footers. Omar Balo tips the scales at about 270, I think he is. He is huge, like big, strong, wide shoulders, physically imposing, going to be a guy who does not get pushed around by anybody in the entire country. And the only reason he wasn't getting minutes in Gonzaga is because he had two All-Americans starting in front of him the last two seasons at Gonzaga. Consensus All-Americans. So, look, the front court is really strong for Arizona this year, and it's the back court that we kind of have questions, right? Who's going to be the lead ball handler? Can Kerr run the team from the point guard position? We're going to find these things out. But the things you can count on is the front court are going to be great. Between Matherin, Terry, Azulis Tabalas, Kim Aiken, Christian Coloco, Omar Ballo. all of those guys are going to contribute on both ends of the floor. They're all physically much better than we've seen them, uh, you, it, obviously, in the, in the previous season. Uh, but just it's – Arizona getting off the bus is going to be a scary team. Like, first person off the bus, Omar Balo, okay? Then your second person off the bus is Christian Coloco. Then you send Azulis off the bus. Then you get uh, – you know, then you send Kim Aiken off the bus. Then you get Ben Matthews, like, wow, who, who, are we playing a football team today or what is this? They look like like grown-ass men out there like big dudes and I'm super excited about this team. They are there's going to be some some great highlights. If you haven't seen the type of offense or not or not familiar with the type of offense that Tommy Lloyd is going to run, there's the ball handling abilities are not like really a problem in my opinion because the ball doesn't hit the ground a whole lot in Tommy's offense. It is pass, 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 pass. I mean, it is quick, rapid passing, space the floor, find an opening, shoot the ball, shoot your shot. If you're open, shoot your shot. If not, drive to the basket, go for a layup, get an alley-oop, throw down a dunk, whatever have you. They're going to score a lot of points. It's a systemized type of scheme that allows the team to score points, and they do not dribble the ball. It's not dribble, 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 shoot. It is pass, 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 dunk, pass, 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 shoot. It is a round the horn, pass the ball seven times before it goes up in the air to the rim kind of thing. It is a fun offense to watch, and I think fans are really going to enjoy it. So if you're interested in getting a a first look at the team, and I think you should be because this is Arizona basketball we're talking about, red-blue game is 3 o'clock on October 2nd. It's a Saturday. The Wildcats are not playing football that day. It's a bye week for for the Arizona football team. So come down to McHale Center. Tickets are $7, folks. Seven bucks. Come and enjoy the festivities, the dunk contest, and all the other festivities that they have planned for you down there. I'm going to be down there, and I want to see that place full of screaming, raucous McHale Center Wildcat fans. Again, you can go to uh, ArizonaWildcats.com slash MBK for tickets for the uh, for the red-blue game. It is not sold out. Like A lot of people are just accustomed, like, well, I didn't get my tickets the first day. They sold out in 30 minutes. That's not the case this year, folks get your tickets, $7, take the family. It might be the only chance you get to see this team play this year. Uh, and the the, you know, the scrimmages are always fun. And, of course, dunk contests and everything else that they do. And who knows? I mean, you know, Tommy Lloyd may have all kinds of different ideas for fun things to do. Tommy's a really super laid-back guy, very fun. A lot of people uh, like being around Tommy. I've seen Tommy. I've been on campus, uh, you know, seven times or whatever in the last few weeks. I've seen Tommy at an occasion five of the seven times. Like, Seen him at the football games. I've seen him just walking around campus. He's active. He's, he's around. He's shaking hands. He's saying hi to people. Good dude. So uh, really, really super excited about this season. I really am super excited about this season because we got the coach that I wanted if we were going to have to replace Sean Miller. Got the only coach in the country that I wanted to bring in and, and lead this team uh, You know, to their, to their you know next set of decades or whatever have you. And the front court is going to be scary and dangerous this year. For other teams so I think Arizona is one of those sleeper teams this year they're not going to be ranked in the top 25 in the preseason but I think by the time season ends you're looking at a top 25 team I think they're going to be that good I really do we're going to take a timeout. when we return we'll continue to talk some more football you're listening here to the Jeff Dean show on 1490 AM 104.9 FM ESPN
0: Tucson now back to the Jeff Dean show on 1490 AM 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson
1: well, we talk about what's going on in Tucson on October 2nd. The Red-Blue game, Saturday, October 2nd. At the Kale Center, 3 o'clock. And then the following day is Roadrunners Fan Fest. Join ESPN Tucson for Roadrunners Fan Fest Sunday, October 3rd, along with mascot Dusty from 9 a.m. to noon at the crossroads at Silverbell District Park in Marana. There'll be uh, food trucks, face painters, bounce houses, obstacle courses, yard games, a dunk tank. Those are always fun. Prizes and games and a whole lot more. It's free. Free to the public with a non-perishable food donation. So bring your non-perishable food donations. Get into the Roadrunners Fan Fest for free on Sunday, October 3rd. That is some 9 a.m. to noon. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com. So it just got reported that Tua Tungavailoa is not going to start, not going to play at all. Uh, this week for the Dolphins as they take on the Raiders, the Raiders in Las Vegas, and that their starting quarterback will be Jacoby Brissett as the Dolphins try to uh, continue their season and their charge toward a, uh, a playoff berth. The Raiders, of course, two and zero, starting off with a, a couple of big victories in games that they were not favored in <laughs> to win. Uh, and they are favored in this game. They're uh, currently a three and a half point favorite. That line may change now that it's been official, made official that Tua is not going to play uh, for the Dolphins. That Jacoby Brissett will get the start. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe something you want to jump on on your FanDuel Sportsbook app right now because that line may move very very soon. Um, you know, I talked about on the Dean's list and the Dunce list on Monday about the NFL taunting rules and that look nobody asked for this, nobody. Nobody asked for these these stupid taunting rules to be enforced, uh, specifically not at the level that they're being enforced. As I mentioned, there were seven on Sunday that I was aware of. Six of them were absolutely ridiculous. One of them was borderline. And for the second time since 2014, this has been an emphasis in the NFL, or the no-fun league, if you will. Um, the NFL said they uh, via Mark Maskey of the Washington Post, that, quote, the league has no immediate plans to instruct the competition committee to modify the enforcement of the rule that is currently in place. He said that the league believes that the application of the rule is going as planned and that players will need to adjust. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm old school. I am absolutely old school. I am against the bat flip in Major League Baseball. I do not like bat flippers. I don't like people that sit there and stare down pitchers or show pitchers up after they've hit a dinger. Like, I I am not for that. I am not someone who is in in favor of uh, an NBA player who throws down a dunk and then stands over the guy and flexes over him. I don't like the guys who have, like, all these different elaborate, you know, celebrations for hitting a three-point shot, you know there are some people that just like, just go over the top i like look congratulations you made a shot that you make 40% of the time let's congratulations <laughs> okay in the nfl plays come at you uh, it, sometimes they come at you very seldomly if you're a defensive back and you're one of the better ones you may see one pass a game if you if you gear up and you play that particular play to the best of your ability and you knock that ball down and you want to make everybody in the in the stadium know that you made that play. That was one chance to make a play in that game. You be damn right you'd be celebrating. So the NFL says players are going to have to adjust. Now, one player was quoted. I can't remember which player it was. Was quoted over the weekend of saying, "the the problem with the rule is we don't we don't know if we can be happy. Like we we don't know if we can celebrate our victories, uh, individual victories on the field. You know, celebrate which team. You know, all that kind of stuff." Uh, you know, the, the, the that's the, the rule in the NCAA, the touchdown rule. Celebrate with your teammates. Don't celebrate on your own. Okay. Fine. Whatever. In the NFL, this taunting thing is getting way out of hand. Okay. If you want to call it, you know, excessive celebration or something like that, that's fine. Whatever. But, I mean, honestly, who nobody asked for this. That's the problem. Like, what are they trying to do with this? Players aren't being fined for it, so it's not like the league is making any money off of these. Fans are fed up with them. Listen to your fans. Listen to your consumers. If your consumers are complaining about this, maybe it's best not to have the position of the rule is going as planned and that the players will have to adjust. That's probably not the course of action you should take. That's not the the quote that you should be making. The quote should be from the league, we have, we have heard the cries from our fans. We will continue to monitor this situation over the coming weeks. And if it needs to be changed or it needs to be dealt with, we will deal with it at that time. Not everything's going as planned. Players are going to have to adjust. FYI, uh, fans, you're also going to have to adjust. <laughs> Nothing like shutting out the fans. The No Fun League at it again. It's, it's just ridiculous. Again, I'll continue to beat this dead horse until there's another horse in its way. If it doesn't give a competitive advantage and if it doesn't involve player safety, then why are we having an emphasis on it? There should not be emphasis on things that don't involve competitive advantage and or player safety, period, end of story. NFL needs to take a page out of that book and say, you need to adjust. The NFL needs to adjust, not us. We don't need to adjust. We're fine. We're happy watching the game. It's entertainment. It's entertainment dollars. Some of us spend thousands of dollars a year to be entertained by this product. Screw your stupid taunting penalty and the focus on cracking down on taunting penalties. That's enough. It, it's, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Nobody asked for it. Nobody wants it. Go back to the way it was. Get rid of Make it so that it's, it has to be egregious. These things that we saw over the weekend are just stupid, and everybody's complaining about it. Everyone. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll continue to talk some more football, some no- more news and notes from the NFL, and some look into the college ranks as well. Some of the top players in college right now. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: Back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join
1: Spears and Ali for Thursday night football. They'll be broadcasting live from the native and Wings in Marana, southwest corner of Cortero and I-10 from 3 to 6 tomorrow night for the uh, the big matchup between Carolina and Houston. Let me tell you, them Houston Texans, hey, with Terod Taylor, there's something. With Davis Mills, probably not. <laughs> but, uh, but go down there and check it out. Uh, the broadcasting live, have prizes and stuff like that for you as usual uh, as our promotions team goes out there and does their thing. And the Native Grill and Wings in Marana, 40 televisions, 12 beers on tap. It is a great place to watch uh, a game uh, right there in the, uh, in the corner of Cortero and I-10. They've got tons of food and drink specials. And be sure to download the app, uh, the Native Grill and Wings loyalty app, because there's offers and promos that are on there that you can't get uh, just from the regular menu as well. Thursday night football at Native Grill Wings in Marana, home of the original Arizona wing. In Dallas today, okay, right now there are 10 FBS commissioners as well as Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick uh, that are meeting to discuss the state of the college football playoff expansion. Okay, this is the, these are the people that are meeting to decide whether it's going to be 12 teams, eight teams, whether they're going to expand now, they're going to expand later. Okay, a lot of things going on. But uh, crack reporter, Nicole Auerbach, if you're not familiar with who Nicole Auerbach is, she is a, uh, a Big Ten network analyst. She does a phenomenal job covering college football. She's a senior writer for The Athletic, and she does, just, she does great work um, covering the, the world of college football. Now, the hotel that they're at in the in the hotel lobby bar where the where the the meetings are being ta- are taking place there is a handcrafted cocktail on the menu called the alliance can't make this stuff up folks like this is not a specific you know like oh we've got these you know college football it's not like there's another one called like the sec or the monopoly or something like that this this cocktail is called the alliance it's uh, a Verna. I don't know what a Verna is, but I know what Blanco Tequila is. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I know all about that. It's also got strawberry, banana, pineapple, and grapefruit. That is quite the fruity drink. My goodness, uh, I'm not exactly sure what a Verna is, but uh, you know, if you guess if you like fruit juice and uh, tequila, which I, I mean, tequila is a fruit, right? It's a vegetable. Maybe it's a vegetable. Anyway, regardless, I think it's funny because that's that's like the situation where where parody has now, you know, like overtaken reality. As they're in the lobby bar, and there is a drink, a cocktail there at the at the bar called The Alliance, as The Alliance is there to do their thing with the college football playoff expansion. Of course, we'll keep you abreast of any and all news that comes about of that. Um, they're going to be meeting all day today. Of course, there will be plenty of reports, and I'm sure that Spears and Ali this afternoon will have some stuff from there as you know they, they you know they take breaks and things like that the media will be there to put a microphone in their face and say what are you guys talking about and um hopefully there's some you know there's some good discussions there and look anything that's good for the landscape of college football moving forward that that will favor everyone not just one uh not just one group i.e. the sec is going to be good for college football that's that's the right way to go about it um and that's the way they sh- the, the things should be and hopefully they can get together have these conversations and uh, realize that there's more money to be had for everyone if they just wait just wait let everybody get kind of on the same page here let's get you know these conferences together let's get everyone on the same page as far as when their contracts their television contracts are expiring let's open up to more competition in those television contracts you know where there are digital media that are now competing for these contracts and for games and things like that. I mean, Notre Dame is already starting to put games on Peacock network. And, um, you know, we've, we've heard from George Klyavkov, the the PAC 12 commissioner about digital media uh, opportunities as he obviously is, that's his bread and butter. That's, that's his, that's his backyard is digital media. So um, this is the, the future of college football. And if they can just, if, if they can just hold on for like two years, like, I understand that there's this big bag of money sitting in front of you right now, and you want to just take it, but just imagine the bigger bag of money. If you wait, there's a bigger bag of money coming in like two, three years that you'll get a piece of as well as opposed to just this one bag that's sitting here right now. This is the sure thing. You can do this right now for yourself and set yourself up to make X amount of dollars over the next decade. Or you can wait, (laughs) let everybody get together and work together on this, and make things better for the state of college football. So hopefully these are the kinds of things that, uh, that come out about it. And look, you know, I talked yesterday about some of my bold predictions for, for college football, and I didn't even get into a lot of what is going on in the SEC right now as far as who the top teams are. I mean, obviously we know that Alabama and Georgia are two of the best teams in the country, let alone the two best teams in the SEC. Florida has shown – that they're going to be a difficult out this year. They're an extremely well-coached team. I've always thought very highly of Dan Mullen. I think he's a fantastic football coach, a great mind, um, offensive mind, and a good motivator. Um, he's always got some kind of a scheme. You know, doesn't always have the horses to beat uh, those guys, but he's you know he's, he's competitive and he's, he's got a good team every single year. Uh, so Florida's going to be tough. And as I mentioned, now people are starting to talk about Ole Miss. All of a sudden, Ole Miss puts up 700 yards of offense and three and a half quarters of football, and everybody wants to talk about Ole Miss. They had 61 points midway through the third quarter against Tulane. They had 614 yards of offense with eight minutes to go in the third quarter of that game. Like, I, it was just – I bet the over in that game, it was like taking candy from a baby. I'm like, how much can I bet on this? How, like, what's my – like, what's the limit? What's the most I can bet on the over in that game? It was, just like it, was the, it was the easiest bet ever. Now people are talking about Ole Miss. They're like, oh, this Ole Miss team with Matt Corral, he's the new favorite to win the Heisman and all this other stuff. Eh, knock, knock. Remember what I was saying from about five weeks ago? Who that surprise team was going to be in college football this year? It happens every year. There's a team that's ranked outside the top 25 that finishes in the top 10. My choice was Ole Miss for that. If they can just find a way to get two stops on defense per game, they're going to they're gonna win 10 games this year. And if the defense can be just a little bit better than that, you're talking 11-1, maybe even pushing 12-0 if they can beat Alabama, which is a distinct possibility. With that offense, look, we've seen it before. They took Alabama to the brink. That game was 42-42 last year with four minutes to go. Now, Matt Corral then threw two picks in the final four minutes of that game that changed, drastically changed the outcome of that game. But this year, no picks for Matt Corral. Maybe, maybe things have changed. He threw a million interceptions last year. They, like there were there was, there were interceptions to be had for everyone that played Ole Miss last year. They didn't care. they were just we're gonna keep throwing the football. We're just gonna keep throwing it down the field. We're gonna keep challenging these DBs. But uh, <laughs> this year, things have changed. Like he's gotten better control, and uh, it, it's looking like. They're going to be a real, real considerable problem for the top teams in the SEC. So um, we'll keep an eye on Ole Miss as we we always do because that's the team that I predicted to do some really, really good things uh, this season. And uh, Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin, that offense is clicking. They got like seven different playmakers on offense. And the defense, which was ranked, I think, 121st in the country last year, is currently, I think, 70th in the country, which, again... Not great, however, certainly better than 121st out of 130 teams. <laughs> so things are looking up for the Ole Miss Rebels. Keep an eye on them; they could be real trouble for the uh, for the rest of the SEC and really break through this year and cause some problems in the uh, in the rankings. The NFL is back; week number three on its way, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants to get you the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. And coming up tomorrow night is a great opportunity to give it a try. We mentioned that the Panthers and the Texans are, uh, are going to square off tomorrow night, and all you have to do is bet a same-game parlay in that game with three legs or more. Okay, Pick three legs to get your same-game parlay, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. So it's a $10 risk-free bet. Throw 10 bucks on the game, do your same-game parlay, There's some wild ones out there that are available. I've already looked through a bunch of them. I'm having a grand old time trying to figure out which one, uh, which same game parlay I want to use. I know I like the Panthers to trounce the Texans in that game, but I also might take the under total points and expect a big game from Christian McCaffrey. Now, when you bet with FanDuel Sportsbook, you'll experience some wonderful things, such as safe and secure transactions. The app is really easy to use and fast payouts. It's America's number one sportsbook. But see for yourself. Sign up today in the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Use my promo code Dean. If you do that, you can also claim a thirty-to-one set of odds for either team to win the Monday night game. The Philly-Dallas game coming up on Monday night. Thirty-to-one odds for either team to win. But you got to sign up with my promo code Dean. That's D-E-A-N. And if your first bet loses, folks, you'll get up to one thousand dollars back in site credit. So like risk-free, risk-free bets everywhere. Sign up today on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Use my promo code Dean and have some fun. Cash in those same game parlay bets. They're so much fun and they're so rewarding because as soon as you start stacking on those parlays, those other legs, odds go way up, the payouts go way up, and it's fun to watch them tick off. You know when you when you get when one parlay gets achieved, you get a little green light. The next parlay achieves, you get a little green light. You're just waiting for that third one to drop. And when that hits, man, boom! Cashing that ticket, it's a lot of fun. It's exciting. (laughs) I'm having a blast with this stuff. So uh, check it out today. Use the promo code DEAN and get in on all these great promotions on FanDuel Sportsbook. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states and mobile and web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342. When we return... We'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back. Final segment, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. It it seems like it went by so quickly. (laughs) I'm just... Just sitting here talking, 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 talking with Tyler Drake about some Arizona Cardinals news and what we saw on Sunday and what we can expect to see this upcoming Sunday as they travel to Jacksonville. And all of a sudden, like, the show's over. Like, I got, like, three minutes left with you guys, and, and then that's that's going to be it until tomorrow. What can we expect to happen throughout the day today? Well, I do believe that Jed Fish will speak with the media, and hopefully he has some information in regards to who's going to be the starting quarterback For your Wildcats heading up to Eugene uh, against the Ducks on Saturday. Now, Oregon probably going to still be without Kayvon Thibodeau. I know that I predicted that in week one. You know, he got the ankle sprain. I tweeted it out, and I said, how much you want to bet this turns into a nagging high ankle injury uh, for the rest of the season? Because, look, he's going to be one of the top five draft picks in the NFL. I didn't even get to that. I have that all. It's right here. Can you hear this? That's that's my NFL draft list, okay? I was going to talk about today. Didn't get a chance to talk about today, so I'll have to put it off until another day when I can discuss some of the top NFL draft picks because it's never too early to talk NFL draft. It's, it's like a religious holiday. Um, but, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, going to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft this upcoming, uh, this upcoming season, and he doesn't have to play a down again for Oregon if he doesn't want to. He's going to be the top pick. He doesn't have to prove himself to anybody. In fact, it might behoove him in a situation that he's in to not play. If he's got an ankle injury that's going to be nagging, if it's going to be something that players are going to be trying to twist at the bottom of piles and things like that, he doesn't need to be going out there and messing with that kind of stuff. Um, You you know, he can – in fact, I'd be really happy if he just decided to take this week off as well because he's a nightmare. Um, And with Arizona's inefficiencies and offensive line in their communication area uh, as well as just being able to pass block, uh, it, it's it's going to be a dangerous situation if Kayvon Thibodeau does decide to come off of the cart and play this weekend, uh, but I, I don't I don't think he will. Uh, they're also missing several of their players. Like you know Noah Sewell, who is a phenomenal young linebacker. I've seen him play uh, on a, a couple of times, and he is just God. He's good, and he's not going to play in this game against the Wildcats either. We'll have a, a better breakdown of. Oregon's personnel tomorrow on tomorrow morning's show. Uh, I'm going to take a deep dive into that. Take a look at the the roster as it stands right now. Injuries uh, included and see what Oregon's going to bring to the table on both sides of the ball and where Arizona can maybe exploit some things and take advantage of some situations uh, that Oregon has not been able to plug yet. So we'll take a look at all that and a whole lot more on tomorrow's show as well. So as I mentioned, I get a chance to get to the NFL draft thing. I'll work on that some other day, I guess, and bring that out to you and roll that out. And just, once again, not enough time. Only if there's enough time, they say, and uh, Frank the Tank. But uh, not enough time today. And that's going to be it for us today. want to thank Tyler Drake. Writer from Arizona Sports. You can follow him at T Drake for Sports on Twitter, always being our Cardinals insider and joining us every Wednesday here on The Jeff Dean Show. And of course, thanks to Mary back in studio for all her hard work. Spears and Ali at 3 o'clock. We'll see you guys again tomorrow at 7 for another edition of The Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490
0: AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.